0: I'm Matthew McCleary and I'm Mitchell McCleary and
1: this is movies while they sleep the podcast where two brothers watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed welcome to today's episode where we watched Mike Nichols 1967 classic The Graduate starring Dustin Hoffman
0: and Anne Bancroft and we watched The Graduate this week not only because it is in fact graduation season but we have a graduate amongst us on the pod. That's right, Matthew That's graduated <laughs> this week with his master's. A much different situation than young Benjamin Braddock finds himself in this movie. <laughs> I, I would hope so. And um, as a as a gift uh, for this major achievement, uh, we revealed on the pod last week that um, I got I got Matthew the graduate on Criterion. Blu-ray and so we re- not only revealed it on the pod but we decided to make it the episode for this week
1: that's right and I enjoyed watching this movie on Criterion you can if you haven't watched the movie yet find it on HBO Max and uh, quick note this episode is a little later than usual this week we apologize Mitchell was traveling and I was graduating so we'll try to be on time next week let's cut to our conversation already in progress let's jump in sleepy heads. One of the things that I was thinking about is we've been kind of talking about The Graduate a little bit and and just and how I, I really didn't think about the generational stuff at all while I was watching the movie. Um, mm. But I, I've been thinking about Mad Men a lot as a show. And I remember those early <laughs> seasons. It's so good. What am I not I thinking know, about Mad Men? I know. Man? Well, you got me following this Mad Men
0: Instagram account, and it's just the greatest. Oh, <laughs> I love it because it makes you realize how every square inch of that show... It's just packed with gold. And
1: it's not just the writing, because I see these these stills with oh. the subtitles, and I know the, precisely the I, but I know precisely the tone of the
0: each actor's voice when they said these lines. Like But Don's face alone. I know. Sometimes it'll just be a scrolling post of his face changing. I'm like, this is acting.
1: <laughs> um But I was thinking about those that first season of Mad Men, you know, the 1960 season, and it's and I, I think especially about the Pete Campbell character. Uh, and Pete is yep. so young. I mean, Pete is like right. crazy young. He's a baby. Yeah, he's he must be 22, 23 years old, right? right? And if I put that on, I would probably feel like I'm younger now than that character is. Right. Me being now 31 and having right. in the workforce for 10 years or whatever, I feel, I feel like less mature, not really, but you know what I'm saying, less less having it together, right. less on the track, on the right track, have the world figured yes, out, yes, than Pete Campbell, who is selling wedding gifts to buy BB guns to keep in his office, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but the reason is because he finished college and then is an account executive at an advertising agency, like, and that he works in a tall building, and that's the dream, to have a briefcase right. and work in a tall building, and that is, Takes the train home to his wife. Yeah, and that's everything that Benjamin Braddock in The Graduate like does not want. And a really interesting thing that this movie is is this kind of late sixties, nineteen sixty eight. Yeah, like reaction similar to time. almost. Um, it's it's a similar time, and it's close enough to the early sixties that it's like a reaction to that kind of. Um, it, it it's, it's almost like it feels like it's the graduate is the beginning of a lot of counterculture, in, right. in in youth and 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 that kind of thing. Even as
0: it's like it is and it isn't, <laughs> right? Right, like it's not um, it's not so rebellious with like the hippie movement. Yeah, yeah, because it's rebellious and like I don't know what I want, but I know I don't want what you want for me. Yes, I don't want plastics. <laughs> right <laughs> i don't want dogecoin <laughs> little stock tip <laughs> well, yeah which is like destroying the planet i don't want the thing that's going to eventually destroy us i oh and, that's, and that and that's a crazy thing like the plastics
1: line at the beginning of the movie the guy that wants him to get into plastics like it's this famous movie line this joke that kind of persists and mm. and and it's funny i so so uh, we're talking about the movie now. I watched this last week, and then Mitchell, you got me the Graduate on Criterion, which was in our last episode, because because I graduated this weekend. Hey-oh. yes, I graduated from uh, with a master's degree, so not undergrad like Benjamin. Heyo,
0: Craig, but, um,
1: big deal. And I, so you got me the Criterion uh, Blu-ray, which is an mm-hmm. awesome, awesome. Um, uh, print of this and has uh, uh, an audio commentary with Mike Nichols, who is, mm-hmm. is not alive anymore. So this was um, recorded about 15 years ago before he died. And it's a conversation between, the, this is the, the director, director. Yeah, director Mike Nichols yeah. in conversation with Steven Soderbergh, who is one of my favorite directors. And, and Soderbergh, I love Soderbergh because he is
0: this. What are some of your favorite Soderbergh movies?
1: I love Ocean's Eleven I think it's like this perfect kind of perfect Hollywood like popcorn movie. Right. But then he also does um, like incredible work with stuff like traffic um, mm. and like the year that traffic just just in case people
0: aren't aware. of So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
1: and so so like the year that traffic came out. He was nominated for best director. Um and he was also nominated for best director for Aaron Brockovich in the same year. And he took up two spots in that one category.
0: Really? Yes. Has that ever happened I, before? I, I don't or know. After? I, I I don't
1: think it's happened since. I don't I don't think it ever happened before. I mean, maybe early, early kind of movie history, but and he won for traffic. Um And, uh, I mean, just this... Can you imagine if he didn't win? I know. nominated twice. Nominated twice. And he did Out of Sight, this George Clooney J-Lo movie from the 90s. His big breakout was 1989's Sex, Lies, and Videotapes. So kind of started as this indie kind of guy in the 90s and then breaks out in a big way. And then it's really, like... He he does the oceans trilogy and uh, but but he does everything because he also directed the Magic Mike movie the Channing Tatum right. male stripper right. movie um, in 2012 like and and what I love about him is he is not a guy that that I, I would say he definitely has a style and there are certain certain pieces you know but it's it's kind of like when I go see a Tarantino movie I kind of know what this is gonna feel like. Uh, yep. I, I know what I'm getting in a lot of ways, right? But when I put on the next Soderbergh movie, I have no idea what I'm gonna get because the guy right. is constantly trying to reinvent himself or explore new areas within filmmaking, right? His his right. last movie, uh, he, rec- he they filmed it right before the pandemic. This was a HBO Max um, movie called Let Them All Talk. It came out late last year. And it's got Meryl Streep and Diane Wiest, uh, a legend on this podcast for her uh, great uh, role in the classic I Care A Lot, obviously. Um, and they filmed the whole thing on um, on a cruise ship as it was crossing the Atlantic on the Queen Mary 2. And they basically had a week to film the whole movie because that's what they, they were going to film it while they were crossing the Atlantic. And so that was like a, a filmmaking challenge that he had for himself. Right. Uh, of like, I'm going to just figure this out. I mean, the guy is is so great and so kind of diverse in his uh, movie making. So I, I, I appreciate the conversation between Soderbergh and Mike Nichols so much because Soderbergh is such a curious filmmaker.
0: Right. And, and there's a bit more depth to his popcorn entertainment than yes. the average. Yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. Like he can do the popcorn stuff, but it's like top tier um, it, There's still ideas. Yes. And and that's a big thing that they talk about in in, uh, in this conversation about The Graduate. Um, so I we talk a lot about some of the stuff that Mike Nichols shared in the commentary. But just to kind of start, he talked about that line, the plastics line, that Ben should get into plastics, the guy that approaches him at his grad party in this like really frenetic sequence where it's all this close up on Dustin Hoffman as he's like ushered through his parents' house. And
0: it's one, it's my favorite probably sequence or scene in the movie. Yeah, We talk about that, the anxiety and well, like um, it, it's funny. It reminded me of almost um, like a Charlie Brown cartoon where you can't even, I know you can see the adults faces in the scene, but it's like the adult world is still feels so removed. Yeah yes from from what he's experiencing or wants to experience yeah. um and so like it it's it just so effective in it's like claustrophobia and anxiety and but also that like in this world like engrossing him it still feels so separate yeah and it, yeah i kept thinking of like the charlie brown adults going blah wah wah wah, <laughs> wah 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 and that's no, like i felt the same way yeah, and that is the the generational gap of like trying to understand each other. Yeah, you know. Oh, absolutely. It's just like, like you're speaking a different language. Yeah, me. and and he
1: talks about that plastics line, and he really kind of dismissed it at first. Of like, no, that that's that's not relevant anymore. That would have been relevant in the 1950s, but this mm. this line is nobody's gonna like that anymore. And then obviously it becomes this classic joke of a line. Mm. Then. And it's so interesting to now watch it in 2021 where, like, plastics are like, uh, like, yeah. boy, if we could get
0: rid of that stuff. <laughs> right. I've got a tip for you. The guy that fixes the plastic problem. That's going to be huge.
1: Um, but it was, it was so interesting because one of the big things that Nichols kept talking about in this commentary was they would do these test screenings with young people. And young people hated the movie. They hated really? it because it wasn't about Vietnam, and, oh, and, and they're like it's not saying anything exactly, and they were I I don't I don't know if Nichols would say they were missing the point, but at least in these test audiences, at this point in the late '60s, there was so the, every, culture was so transfixed on that's the issue of activism, that's the countercultural issue, is to mm, take a stand right. on Vietnam, and Nichols doesn't want to make a Vietnam movie. And right. but he makes this movie that I think is is extraordinarily countercultural
0: in the time, right? And the it's more yeah. searing. Yeah. Oh, it's this war is one of, is like the easiest thing to be like against. Yes. Yes. You know, and and, and it's <laughs> like I'm anti-violence. <laughs> it's like okay, and it's, most people oh, are. So, what do you
1: think if you had to say what this movie is about in that sense? What what is it? The countercultural piece of the movie
0: well i'm i mean kind of what we we're talking about earlier is the the adults are so uh pointed in one yes. singular direction in terms of their values and like material
1: and, prosperity yeah,
0: yeah materialism yeah and, and codified well, in
1: plastics yeah <laughs>
0: Right, I mean, even in his birthday gift, which is a plastic yes. suit, yes, that he is like encased in at the bottom of a pool. Well, it's which is his,
1: it's the scuba gear, but it's also like his his Ben's new red
0: car, that they talk right. about so much. Right. Well, and, and the disappointment in him of like you know, I don't know halfway through when he's still lounging around, it's like why aren't you on track to be doing the things that we did, making the living that we, we made so you can have the things that we have. And Ben's like, I ha- I mean, he doesn't say this, but it, I, you got to imagine he's thinking, like, I have all this stuff. Because I, I have it now being with you, and look how unhappy I exactly. am. Exactly, yeah, and that's what I think is like so... You are offering no uh, answer to my, you know, questions of, like, what do I do with my yeah. life? It, it's such a funny thing because... It, the obviously the, the, the
1: criticism against millennials over the last 10 years from our uh, boomer parents has been, not ours in particular, but in general, is like, millennials, participation trophies, everything's handed to them, blah, blah, blah. Lazy. Yeah, lazy, they don't want to work. And, like, a Benjamin Braddock is a baby boomer and he graduates mm-hmm. college and doesn't want to do a dang
0: thing and everything is handed to him. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's a funny idea to, of... <laughs> everything's handed to you guys. It's like what what did a degree mean <laughs> back then? An automatic high-paying job that anyway. <laughs> but it's
1: and it's also really interesting to me because this is not a recent movie. This movie was made in the middle of it. And so, right. And so I think I think it's so interesting and worth revisiting in 2021 because it is a it is a text of its time about its time.
0: Right. And to me, that's what I was saying. Like, it feels more rebellious than a Vietnam movie mm-hmm. because the the commentary or like the sat using satire is more searing yeah. than just screaming like you you know your anti-war message yes. or whatever. Yeah. Like the fact that we're talking about this, it's like it's so easy to say, yeah, like violence is bad. It's like we all know that, and you can scream scream that all day, but it's like, like the the stuff that's more subtle that can like grow on people, mm-hmm. I feel is more dangerous to like getting the ideas across eventually. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mike Nichols said in the in the, in the commentary, he said uh, a good movie and it's so simple. He says a good movie is about something and about something else, and mm. that's not that's you know that's not a very revolutionary thing to say, uh, but but it is often I think at times worth saying because right. I think a lot of movies are not about that something else, and
0: I right. wish they were. Or about the something in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. I, I love that quote from him mm-hmm. for this, too, mm-hmm. because um, from what I've read and experienced with this movie, obviously younger people and older people have a different reaction, and even the same person watching yes. it, When they are younger and older have a different reaction so what's your history with this movie you're Um, 28 yeah first time i watched it probably was with sarah when we were like 22 okay 20 yeah or or much earlier you were in college yeah um which even saying much earlier 20s it's still not that long ago but I do feel a big difference between when I first watched it and when I watched it this past week. Yeah. Like when I first watched it, I just thought it was good. Mm. Like I loved every part of it. I'm like, like, and I didn't have the um, typical like, yeah, he stuck it to them with that ending of them escaping yeah. and you know, like I realized at that time like, oh wait, now that we had our big moment, life settles in. Yeah, it's and a great reality kind of hit. Yeah, like you see their face change—the famous scene at the <laughs> end of the excitement, the elation, and then the slow fade of reality. Being like, "Wait, what are we doing?" Um, but I, I felt, I guess, not as uh, sad or um, isolate—not isolate. I, I, I felt a little bit more hopeful mm. the first time I watched mm. it than I do now. Oh, you felt of, more hopeful then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, totally. Yeah, about life and the direction you're going. And maybe we did watch it when we, like, close to when we graduated. Because it, Mm. like, the ending is such a perfect summation of just milestones in your life. And graduating is a big part of that, whether it's high school, college, or master's. Yeah. Of, like, I've been on this one-track goal that people told me, you know, or I've been forced to a lot of my life to just just get this done. And then you get it done, and you realize shoot, who am I now? Or what do I do now? And I feel that in most milestones, like Mm. in life that have you like a goal that you might put on a pedestal in your Mm -hmm. life. And then you reach that goal and it's awesome for a second. Yes. You know, it's so fleeting. Yeah. Yeah. Or like even like making certain amounts of money Mm -hmm. or, you know, dream job or whatever it is. Or or even like buying that thing you've been saving for. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love Love watching videos on a thing I'm about to buy. Oh yeah, and then I get the thing. I'm like, great, now I have it. <laughs> I think everyone, everyone's like the, yeah. all the memes of like waiting for your package to be delivered. Like that's the fun part. I know. I know. I I got a bunch of books uh, as gifts for graduating, which has been awesome, and I'm I'm
1: really I'm so thankful and excited. But I'm like, oh, I think I'm getting a package today with books, but I'm not gonna start reading that probably for months. No. Many of them for months, and now they're just sitting there as these
0: little monuments of my graduation. <laughs> it's this little promise that your life is gonna be better or uh-huh. more fun, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, or 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 it, I'm gonna be smarter because I have a book yeah. and I get to read it, whatever exactly and so that final scene to me is such a perfect like summation of, of every time you you hit one of those moments in life you're like yes and then reality and, comes well, in. and
1: it's and it's such a perfect mirror to the very beginning of the movie which is the, the right. first milestone of graduating and he's on the flight back and he's and zoomed in and on, he the space. on the flight he's sitting in that chair yeah. similar to the bus seat Um and coming home coming home and you know what the first line of the movie is Hmm. it's the pilot saying ladies and gentlemen we are now going to begin our descent into los angeles Mm. and and nichols did that purposefully that he wanted he really set that to be the theme of the movie of this is this is braddock's is benjamin braddock's descent into la which is a town absolutely famous for material plastics yeah it's plastics materialism consumerism surgery yeah yes plastic surgery plastics everything and and so you you have and that's coming out of this milestone and then you know the movie ends with him on that bus of like we you know ah, it's an amazing high moment
0: we escape the ideals of our parents yes and now what <laughs> right yeah this it's a descent yeah, it's a different kind of descent. Right, it it's um, it's just like continuing into, the will I ever feel like a sense of meaning for my life. mm mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm I'm curious what other uh, nuggets that that commentary,
1: this or I
0: feel like we kind of went off and down on a tangent of what they were speaking on,
1: but no, I mean yeah, m- my my big my kind of big takeaways uh, it was a lot of trivia there was a lot of trivia in the commentary so you gotcha. you know the all the berkeley that, scenes y-
0: you're not a huge trivia guy. i mean
1: i like the trivia but i i don't know how entertaining it is for us to list it um right right you know but i you know all of the berkeley scenes were filmed in berkeley but they got denied permission yeah uh, to film there. And so they were doing it gorilla style with this skeleton crew with these massive giant telescopic lenses. So they could be right. I noticed that mm-hmm. on a couple
0: scenes where it's like, it's so zoomed in. Yes. I mean, that's a, that's a, you know, um, motif throughout the movie yes
1: and that was like a Nichols like had just discovered this kind of lens and, and he was really playing mm-hmm. with the filmmaking and so some of it was experimental and that's how it feels to me as I'm
0: watching the movie it looks w- much better than most movies yes, in this time yeah
1: and it, but it also feels like this kind of surrealist experimental work it feels yeah. like this transgressive piece of filmmaking even yeah. today I, I, totally. I think about the shot of him like running through the rain uh outside mm. he's he's right Mrs. Robinson has gotten yeah. in the car and, and then he's running back up to Elaine's house in the rain and the shot is just so like it feels both so of its time but also so almost
0: surreal and the way the light and the sun is hitting the rain uh, I yeah that's funny I was gonna say that like similar moment it's like right before right after. Where Miss Robinson realizes, or, or he tells her daughter what's going on mm-hmm. with them. And she's all of a sudden in the door. Oh, front. yeah. And then it cuts from that to her, like, down the hallway. And it zoomed in on her and it zooms oh. out. And you realize how small she oh, my is? Gosh. Of her, compared like, to him? sadly standing in the corner yeah. of this, like. like it, it's like a Willy Wonka. Oh, my gosh. Moment. Where the hallway seems to be way smaller. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. That that like is some really a alar- It's uh, like a horror movie. Really arresting images. Yes.
1: Yeah. It feels like a horror a horror film that it's. I mean, it's not that at all. But it, this is like, oh, it, it's frightening stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of trivia, but but you know, and and a lot of just kind of Mike Nichols talking about his experience. I mean, this was a big deal for Dustin Hoffman. This was his first big. This is his first thing, really. Um, right. And so getting that, you know, getting it right, and and I heard
0: he did like
1: some, um, like Broadway. Yeah, he or, had done some theater. The, yeah, theater. And, and was definitely getting buzz, but like this was his first, you know, big Hollywood production, and like to come in and just basically nail it from yeah. start to finish in every scene. So unique is is absurd. I mean, and he is he is insane, and yeah. and and I think. You know, it's interesting. I the first time I watched it, I was probably eighteen or nineteen in college, and I, I don't I have not watched the movie since, so I haven't seen it since I was in college. And now I watched it the week of graduating my you know grad school. And you know, I think in my memory of the movie is a lot of like kind of
0: like stoic wooden Dustin Hoffman, mm. of like kind of detached, With the, like the Simon Garfunkel slow. Yes, the like- memes of the you know the the sound of silence. I mean, there is a lot of, like... It's uh, all there. Maybe, maybe sometimes indulgent scenes of just, like, um, transition music and, like, later on, second half. Are you talking about, like, the 30 times we listened to Scarborough Fair? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and I'm like, this is probably effective (laughs) for some reason. I'm not sure why.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, it's, yeah. Uh, But that's, like, my memory of it. Watching it this week, I was like, oh, that's not... That's not what he's doing at all. This is a very nuanced, very interesting performance. Um, yeah, the way he's able to kind of switch—it's um, like disassociated. Yeah, I mean, it's this like disassociative kind of thing when he's at his parents' house, but then he's like, like trying to play the role of like weird loving boyfriend with Mrs. Robinson. Like, let's let's just talk. Let's talk about something. Right. Art. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or his first
0: date. His first with well. What's her name? Elaine.
1: I mean, well, the 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 first date and how it changes is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Right.
0: Like, well, the first half, it, it, he seems so, like, obviously he's trying to mm-hmm. make it a bad date because of Miss Robinson, but there is a like, almost non-human, dissociated like. Yeah,
1: it's rough. Not,
0: not even not even like thinking for himself of like, wait, is this a human being that I could connect with? Yes. It's like, oh, an adult that I'm having this affair with told me no, so. I gotta do that. Yeah.
1: And then and then you know. and then the second half of the date is this very like emotionally engaged, charming young yeah. man. Like genuine genuine connection. Yeah. And I think that's what impresses me about the movie because it's 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 almost like, oh, this really boring Benjamin Braddock type. Why would Mrs. Robinson be interested in him? Which you know, we could talk about, but he seems like this boring, you know, nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then you watch him with Elaine and how he's lit up about it. And right. And, like, oh, he's he is a charming young man. Like, you you, you can see it. Uh, and the way that he portrays both of those things is, is incredible.
0: Yes. How did, did you, did it, at like, elevate in your mind on second viewing years later? Or where do you stand with it? Like, because you kind of hit that age range, that kind of younger, like, I know a lot of people interpret it one way when they're young, and then they live some life, and have a totally different reaction. Yeah. Uh, like, part, part of the strengths of the movie to me is that there are these competing perspectives of like, like, uh, older, materialistic, kind of hardened, uh, shallow worldviews of the adults. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's the like rebellious, um, like, there's got to be more searching, spirited, you know, younger perspective. Mm-hmm. But I don't, it doesn't feel like the movie um, is like siding with either of them because in a lot of ways it's like the, the, that younger worldview is like like um, naive in a lot of ways. yeah. yeah i I, I found myself
1: uh, really responding to the movie as filmmaking. Um, right like and and to be honest, I do think the commentary bumped it up a little bit for me of right. to listen to Nichols talk about his process. Totally. I, that always helps. Like That always helps. And to hear like Steven Soderbergh just gush over this thing. Um, right? So I, I really responded as filmmaking, but I also, a part of why I responded, I think a lot more this time, or, or in a different way, was I think it, watching it as an 18, 19 year old, like it's just so easy to root for Benjamin. And right. and it's so easy to be sympathetic towards him. He's the main character. Yeah. Now I find him to be mostly a creep. Uh, right. In like almost every scene. And, and, but but not quite because like also, Mrs. Robinson is is coming after him, like she's a predator. I I think it's okay to say that, right?
0: Yeah. I heard. Um, I don't know if it's an article or YouTube video, but um someone pointed out that she's always dressed in like animal prints. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was all the costume that, designer. They talked about that. Y- yeah, oh, yeah, and then the, her living room is looks like a jungle. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is oh, it's like oh that like it's like those are powerful choices that you're experiencing but you might not be aware you're experiencing. Yes. it. So when someone points it out it's like that's why yeah. that's why that feels intimidating. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, literally designed uh, the the art direction and costume design is like she's a she's a jungle predator, <laughs> right? And and so I think I think Benjamin is taken advantage of. I think right. I, I think he serves her whatever her need is and her
0: broken marriage and her loneliness. He, he he's in a like crossroads, doesn't know what he's doing. Yes. Time in his life, and here's someone that's kind of forcing him a certain way.
1: Yes, and enabling him to continue to do nothing. Right. Because kinda
0: lived the fantasy of not having to make a choice.
1: Yes. And the struggle with it is it's not a real relationship. So they only see each other right. in the middle of the night. And right. it's not like it's not like Oh, we're building a life together and a relationship and we have normal social interaction with other people It's this like secret thing that he has to have and so then right every other part of his life looks Looks so like, you know outside looking in his parents think everything is just sad and depressing about his life And he like Mm -hmm. I think he and he's enjoying his affair, right? I think you could definitely say that at a certain point. He 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 has no problem with it Uh, right but because of it because of the nature of what's going on, he has to like everything else is like he's not doing
0: anything. <laughs> right. He can't go date people. Um, I mean, right. but I don't think and, he wants he, to. Until he has that genuine connection with the Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like kinda of wakes up a little bit. Yeah. And and the wakes up into like a psychotic uh, like stalker. Uh, you know. Yes. And yeah. Um, yeah,
1: I, I don't know. I, I, so for me overall kind of returning to this movie, I was like, Oh, Benjamin is a terrible person, but is also a victim Mm -hmm. and it's complicated. It's complicated, but like, boy, he is, he's just such a creep for a lot of this movie when he, Mm -hmm. when he's really going after Elaine
0: and, and it's just like, that's not, that's not good. Um, yeah, yeah to ending with him screaming at the top of a church. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting people with a big cross. I know. That's so great. Yeah. It's interesting it's not obvious Mm-mm. the answer here. No, that, that's why I think it works so well is that it feels like a genuine satire of both worldviews. Yes.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I think there's less, well, not just not less. I just think Mrs. Robinson is also a creep and right, not a very redeeming character. Right. But, but I can look at her and say, like oh, there's real sadness there. Ugh, I, I feel sad exactly. for this person.
0: Exactly. It's like people are acting out in their pain in just the worst ways. Yeah. yeah. But it's like people are still in pain, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that was... So how, do, it, how I was going to say, how do you feel as a graduate? Do you feel <laughs> any of that like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> on to the next with life?
1: No, I'll say for... I say there's a huge difference because um, maybe i felt that when i graduated high school and when i graduated college my funny mm-hmm. co- high school graduation story is i graduated high school and you know in our town uh, high school graduates then graduated the, the what was the the sacramento king's arena so arco arena right it was called arco arena, arco arena. and 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 it was like every every two hours another graduating class went through that thing and I mean and there were like 750 in my class and it was a big you know quick turnaround deal graduated 1030 in the morning and you know mom drove me and mom drove me up there and mom's so funny and so I drove home just with her everybody else drove separately and I'm like mom I'm graduating can we go out to lunch and so she goes to McDonald's and I'm like McDonald's really and she's like what What, what, why and I'm like I graduated high school and she's like yeah I don't know what to tell you like you were supposed to
0: do that (laughs) so did 750 (laughs) other kids Uh, I think we can't all go to Chili's (laughs) It would have been Chevy's the nice the nice spot in town <laughs> um,
1: I, I, like that's like a funny I, I no issue with that or was not hurt by that or anything it was always just a funny thing to me uh, right but I think that that summer graduating high school was a little like okay now what am I gonna do um, right I college was different for me I was engaged and so we went straight into a lot of life yeah was happening. But the big difference with grad school is I elected to do that and right. picked something that I am really passionate about and is like my life's work. Right. And so now that I'm done, I'm like, yeah, I did that. I get to. I actually want to take a break, and I feel like I deserve one. But also, like, let's. I want to. I want to work, and I'm working, and that's what I'm doing now. Like, it, you know, and I've been right. working this whole time, so it's not like. It, it was it, a, a such a clear before and after yeah though though i i watched this movie before my graduation ceremony on saturday and really did feel like there was some significance to that event even though i finished classes you know five weeks ago and mm. and all of that that the event it's still it, the event itself still held a lot of significance um yeah. and and part of it is just like the meaning that we create in culture with like oh we still wear these big black robes and right. it's your master's degree so you get this hood and you have to kneel on this platform and then you're a sash you know you, they put this hood over you like all this stuff um and so then there's a lot of meaning packed into the ritual um yeah and but like I had work the next morning and I you know, and, and I came home with my wife and my son, uh, right. So, you know, we had to do stuff as a family. I, we got to do stuff as a family, but right. It just keeps going. Yeah. Um, so it's different. It was, it, what about you in that regard? I mean, you, you were obviously in a totally different place.
0: You finished college and you have a family, right? Um, I don't know. I felt like I I was like I said earlier, just a little bit less optimistic after watching it the second time. Mm. I th- I totally relate to what you're saying about just enjoying it as good filmmaking, yeah, um, and probably less interested in the quote-unquote ideas going on, yes, um, than I was the first time, yeah, because 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 it is a um, yeah like less of a like celebratory hey you can have. Your values and, and, you know, get somewhere in life. And it's like, oh, these are all just kind of in the same world, yeah. not necessarily better one better than the other. And, you know, it's kind of up to you to have meaning making mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And it's not really a, a result of, you know, like a milestone, supposed milestone or not supposed. It is genuine yeah. milestone. But. It's up to you to like do something with that. Yes. I guess. Yeah,
1: more so now. I think. Or, or yeah, right. I mean, and that's and part now, of the point of the movie is like Benjamin
0: needs to figure this out. Right. It's um. It's very like that that summer after the graduation. Like it taps into that. It's very arresting mm-hmm. and paralyzing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. At, as you get older, maybe this is just true for me, but you realize more and more how hard it is to like live your life in a way that creates meaning for yourself and and people around you. Mm. Um, like genuinely Mm. because you kind of have your ideas about what you'd like to do or how, what you're going to do is going to benefit the world and yourself. But some like, I I feel myself slipping more and more into, like, even the parents' world in this Mm -hmm. thing sometimes. His parents, Ben's parents. Yeah, of just, like, man, if we had enough money Mm -hmm. to be, like, affording this or, like, be able to, you know, move here or whatever it is. And, like, oh, the reminder's like, yep, that's empty, too, actually. yeah, Yes. You know? Yeah. It's like there's this great line from a George... Saunders Mm. who we've talked about in the pod before Mm. but one of my favorite stories of his called sticks It's only two pages long, Uh, but one of the lines from it. It's like it's like a kid talking about his dad Um, And then he has kids and he says and the seeds of meanness bloomed Mm. in me and Mm. You know perfect little transition from naive, you know childhood which People can, I think, experience even in college or, you know, in in an older phase of life going to Disney at 30. Just kidding. Yes. We we, we talked about the constant (laughs) Disney trippers, but, but like, you know, and you're hardened by a lot of what you experience in life and you have all these values. But if you try to stick to those values, you feel like you're falling behind in a lot of ways. Sometimes I don't know. I do. I do. I'll speak for me. Yeah. And so the seeds of meanness or the seeds of keeping up with the Joneses yeah. or, you know, like only being concerned about money, like start to bloom. And you're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the trap is set and it's almost inevitable. And and so that like I think what mainly what I'm trying to get at is like, shoot, I'm feeling a little bit less optimistic about. Because you relate more to the parents than you ever did in your life. Yeah. yeah. I I, man, I don't know if I relate to them you understand I think I'm more I I'm more catch myself being concerned with what they're concerned yeah. about even though I like to say that I don't
1: yeah it's funny you mentioned that George Saunders um it sticks right yeah uh, I I think about I thought about the Sepli girl Diaries oh and yeah. and like this which is this crazy amazing short story but it's like this Dad, right? Who needs to demonstrate his status in the world, and mm-hmm. uh, the way that that they, <laughs> they do that in this community, this culture, is by like paying or buying women
0: to be lawn ornaments, basically. Right. They have like a metal rod stuck through their head. Yes. And they like, <laughs> swing on it like um, foosball players. Basically. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and how like. <laughs> i love. <laughs> I know so much. It's, it's so
1: like twisted but it's like there's no recognition of the way that they're like oppressing people to right they're like this is totally this normal this is totally normal yeah in order to demonstrate and, and the only end is to demonstrate my status right and how Right. and and like it's this it is like this searing satirical critique of materialism and consumerism. Right. It's
0: like, and that I think the, um, and that's part of, like part of what I'm experiencing more and more day to day is just the contradiction of my supposed values with how I live my life. Yes. Like, like a, an example, I, I don't, this isn't hit necessarily home for me. Like an example for me is just like, um, you know, the amount of plastic we're, Buying at the yeah, grocery store, yeah. like, and every, and literally every day when I throw stuff away, it's really like I just think about that living f- past me, yeah, and like what you know, turtle's gonna eat that. Thing. <laughs> I know that's kind of uh, a know, little nihilistic, but oh, and maybe a cliche, yeah. But um, that's just where my mindset at. So it kind of reminds me of like like someone tweeting about wokeism from their iPhone that was manufactured by you know, poor third world country workers who are trying to kill themselves because the, yeah. The, yes. Cause their conditions, the working are, so conditions are so bad. Yeah. It's like, what do, like, what are we, like, there's such a contradiction. It's such, such, such
1: a cognitive dissonance
0: in it. Yeah, yeah. Of like how, or even, I mean, probably in a lot of ways, just living in America, it's like how many people are just suffering for me to have lifestyle I have. And yeah. yet being able to preach about, you know, whatever. Yeah social justice issue. <laughs> I, I, uh, saw a tweet
1: a few months ago, um, and that a friend had liked, so that it came up in my newsfeed and it was something like, mm. I've never, I have no idea how much a Peloton costs, but I have to assume it's like 15 grand and everyone who has one is crazy rich. Right. right, and I right. like so we just the status yeah, of like that, that equals name. status whatever, and we have a Peloton, and that's obviously not our financial situation. And right. for us, it was a it was a financial decision of like this is cheaper than going to the
0: gym than paying you know for the gym whatever. Right, and I felt well, like you save up for yeah. it, you find a used one, you know all the things, and I
1: felt like this pang of oh, I don't want. I don't want people to think of me as that. Right. Uh, both because it's inaccurate and because I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that, you know. That rich guy. Well, yeah, but I don't want to be that striving status symbol kind of person. Right, right. And and it was like, oh, no, I don't need to explain this to my friend who liked this random tweet. <laughs>
0: Uh, and totally. obviously,
1: because because the medium of Twitter, and this is what is so weird about our culture right now, is that ninety percent of what's on Twitter is like satire and irony, and right. a lot of the way that's that's what people who write, that's what they mean by it. But then a lot of the way that the same people read into it is seriousness and. Like, oh, that's not that's not ironic at all. That's really what this person thinks about people who own Pelotons.
0: Right. But the person who wrote it was trying to write a meme. Like <laughs> Totally. And wrote it from an iPhone. Yes. And so therefore they're probably richer than 99% of the world. Yes.
1: And <laughs> and, and it's like this very It's this weird movie. It's this weird thing in the movie. Mike Nichols talks about this where he purposefully like surrounds Benjamin Braddock with things. With with Mm. like in his room he's like, you know, sits behind or in front of the fish aquarium. And and obviously that connects with the, the famous shot in underneath the pool and his scuba gear. Like the scuba gear feels to me like the heights of like like weird over-the-top materialism because well, so unnecessary <laughs> so unnecessary so ridiculous um, but also like that flaming red car that he drives all around and right and the, he's the, he's always sure to show you that car like right it's, it's an image in the movie and right and um, and so he, you know, he he. I think it, he talks about how he matched the buckle on his briefcase to the belt that Benjamin wore in like these early scenes to to demonstrate wow. even like that just how how much kind of he's, he's so in it. the clutches of materialism.
0: Or even the hotel that him and Mrs. Robinson yeah. go to. It's like a nicer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not some motel no. that like uh, uh, like you, you kind of picture a lot of movies with an affair it's like oh let's you know it's like the ritziest <laughs> hotel that everyone knows him by name by the end yeah, of the movie. yeah i was gonna say so
1: everyone knows him by name <laughs> hello mr gladstone <laughs> it's so great Oh uh, like and how he and, and it's and it yeah it's the taft hotel like it's this you know nice place or whatever um and Could, couldn't be bothered to be lesser <laughs> no of course and then and then there's like the weird contrast between that and his like his like tenant you know boarding house in berkeley
0: where he's trying to stalk a lane right <laughs> it's like so run down yes and the the landlord wants to kick him out just for like being suspicious yes <laughs> <laughs> because he is like psychotic at this point
1: Oh, yeah, he's totally psychotic. But at the same time, he is in a position where he can just not work and rent, right. rent this place for the sole purpose of stalking a young woman. <laughs> right. Or drive up
0: all the way to Berkeley from yes. L.A.
1: So I, can we can shift a little bit. Yeah. Um, what's your experience with Mike Nichols
0: as a filmmaker and, and
1: kind of his uh, filmography? I,
0: don't know let me look up what else he's done i yeah. meant to do that before but what else has he done i'll say i've seen like very few of these and i it's a kind oh, of a big oh my gosh i had no idea he did who's the favorite virginia wolf mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite movies ever i saw that was one of the ones i saw in college um, cuz i was an english major mm-hmm. and so luckily for me wh- one of the classes I offered was just like film yeah. Film studies or something. Yeah. Film is narrative um, kind of thing. Yeah. That fulfilled a requirement yeah. for my major and who's afraid of Virginia Wolf was one of the movies we watched. And I was like amazed by it. Yeah. I watched it for the first time last week. Really? Yeah. I, that's so random. Yeah, I watched it. Well, I watched it the night I mean, after this. It's not random because it's his, yeah. but that that's the one you chose of his filmography.
1: Yeah, I mean it's on HBO Max right now, and so I saw it, and and I had added it to like my watch list anyway a couple months ago. So I was like, well, I I want to watch this, and I was I was floored. Um, yeah, it's so good. It, that movie is crazy, and <laughs> I I was struck by it in that there is such I I I think. In both these movies, he's interested in like very kind of um, complex, nuanced characters where mm-hmm. I, at, at various points in that film, there's you know four characters in the whole thing. At various points in that movie, I am sympathetic toward everyone and right. like actively hostile towards everyone. <laughs> right. Like everyone is a monster and everyone is sad the whiplash it's crazy and he does that i think the, a, in a
0: different way but uh, similarly in the graduate yeah he's he's wary to be like showing his cards of, of like this is the person with the good ideas yes yeah i love a, a like a concept movie that works mm,
1: are you tra- and talking about virginia wolf
0: yeah, yeah like one over the course of one night yeah. just a conversation with the with four people mostly two people even it's crazy and you see the sun come up. It's like, yes, I love this. Or like, even with like with the alien, it's like, yeah, it feels like a bottled up concept. Yes. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I think Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf is the only one I've seen looking at his other stuff. Yeah.
1: I've seen, I saw his last two movies, Charlie's Wilson, Charlie Wilson's Warring Closer. Um, but mm. I, I really hadn't seen anything in the middle there. Um, I, I think, I think I was really impressed by him in that commentary. And people, I'm like Mike Nichols is really held up as this kind of extraordinary American filmmaker. Um, and I, I was the, the the audio commentary really has pushed me to want to uh, fill out that filmography a little bit more. Um, mm. uh, he's 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 got a real incredible sense of um, what he wants to do, and um, yeah. And I, I think that's so clear in the graduate. So um, there's this, I think, really key scene in the middle of the movie that I think touches on so much of what we talked about as, in terms of themes, mm. and it's the scene in the hotel with him and Mrs. Robinson when he wants to talk, mm. <laughs> and he, and it's just like it's it's like on a surface it just kind of feels like a joke. He says, "Oh, let's talk about art," and she says, "I don't know anything about that." Right. And then they talk. Why did you? Why are you doing this? Or you not you don't love your husband, and it's like this weird conversation about her, the, her and her husband's courtship, and they like right. did it in a car, and like Benjamin wants to know all of this, and but he's like absolutely fascinated by this idea of Mrs. Robinson being this young college student, and he asks her what she studies, right. and she says art. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about it. But yeah, but it's the thing that she said she didn't want to talk about or the thing that she doesn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And and then he says, "Well, I guess you lost interest over time then." <laughs> or something like right. that. It's this is very weird little.
0: It, he's like so stupid. Yeah.
1: And and it's
0: like, "Oh, that's what the whole movie's about, right?" Like right. Miss like, "Oh, I guess we kind of uh compromised on a lot of what <laughs> we value
1: <laughs> and I, I I wonder you know it's just like how many how many tiny decisions over time does mrs. Ro, did Ro, mrs. Robinson make to get herself mm-hmm. to that point where she's in a hotel room with this guy right and not and, and married to that guy. And married to mr. Robinson who is like never portrayed in a nice light either yeah um, yeah
0: no that's a good little hidden gem yeah it's
1: a it's a very funny line but it seems to me that I guess you
0: lost interest over time is also a big like summary statement of the movie right like the, the fire of youth and like believing mm. that the world can change for the better and you can be a big part of that mm. a- and then like slowly like just being beaten down <laughs> by having to pay the bills and having to you know whatever it is and you could say that you could say that I guess you lost interest about anything
1: about right. about your major about art about your marriage right about your kids about totally. your job like all of these things and <laughs> and right. that's i it's almost like he's saying huh <laughs> he's saying that about her and her you know interest in art in the movie but it's it's almost he could be saying it about how she feels about everything because she feels right, so
0: whole life
1: path yeah, she feels so even disinterested with about her daughter and her
0: husband and everything and like immediately after she's like benjamin i'd like to stop talking to she's like stop you were supposed to be my escape stop reminding me of this yeah
1: um yeah i, I that that was a scene that really stuck with me this time around um because it's yeah it, it, really interesting the the way yeah. that it's
0: it's interacting with the rest of the theme um uh, yeah. of the film well, should we move on to our segments, or do you have any, like, closing <laughs> thoughts?
1: Yeah, let's move on to our segments, because I have some other things, but I think we'll cover it in our segments, in the, In our favorite shots. Mitchell, what's your favorite shot? I have no idea what yours is. I don't know either, actually.
0: Oh, you don't? I mean, I, I don't know if I do. I think there's so, there's so much good stuff here, but the, there weren't a ton that I was, like... Like, one of my favorite moments is when he... It almost drops off a lane and then they don't. They drive away and it pans up to the window in the house. Oh, yeah. From outside. You don't see Mrs. Robinson, but you know she's watching. I, I love that moment
1: because it's like you're so certain she's going to be watching. Right. And you're going to be able to see her, but right. she's not there and it's almost more unsettling.
0: Yeah. It's like your imagination is scarier. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like it's hard not to just pick one of the more famous. Should we, like there's so many famous shots in this movie. I yeah. I'll, I'll tell you like, I'm going to pick one of the famous shots just because that they're famous for a reason. But okay, then you go first. Right. Like well, let's roll through the famous shots and your favorite and then maybe I'll throw in a wild card. Okay,
1: famous shots. Um well, or start with your favorite. I'll start with my favorite. My favorite's the last shot in the movie. Um yeah. I think I think the movie doesn't uh, work at- <laughs> I don't want to say it doesn't work at all, but I don't think it works nearly as well
0: without that last, that last moment. The side by side shots of them, like smiling all giddy to like the realization. Yes. Like when you see those two frames next to each other.
1: It's incredible. Yeah. And the, the way that you're set up for it, the way I, I also think it's so, I mean, he talks about this a little bit where, Like they, they were doing that because he had been really like pressuring them with like some very specific direction for them sitting on the bus Mm -hmm. they had very limited time to do it. And they were very kind of like nervous. They were both young actors. They didn't want to mess this up. And, and so it's not like that. My impression is that wasn't in the script to give them this like kind of sad or, or detached look on their face that it it was like this happy accident that he got it and then kept it in the movie. And, and this is one of those things of like, this shot really summarizes why I love movies so much, because you can have this thing that's not in the script. So it's not, it's not in the written page. It's not in the script. And it's not even planned for on the day Mm -hmm. because of, because of a choice the director makes, he gets this, this, this thing that he wasn't expecting or even wanting. And then, that's not the end of it because you could easily in the editing room just cut before their faces change <laughs> right, right but right. but then there's a decision of like oh no this is good this isn't what we were wanting or intending for but this is good let's keep it and then it is the thing that
0: perfectly ends this movie <laughs> right like they had something guiding them into that perfect it, yes reaction
1: it's like this it's the miracle of movie making that, right. that that ending is so famous and is so effective and it almost didn't happen a hundred different ways
0: <laughs> right in a lot of ways that maybe wouldn't be as revered yes
1: yeah i and i do i mean i i i really wonder i mean Soderbergh talks about it a little bit too he said it, he says the movie doesn't he for him the only way the movie works is with the final shot and right. and i i maybe wouldn't go so far to say
0: that but I, I think it is so lasting because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you could realize without seeing their faces fade that this is like, (laughs) okay, what now? Like a half, half baked idea, but it, it's, it's fun seeing them realize it in real time. Yeah. I, yeah. Honestly, it's like they're, they're famous shots for a reason. Um, other ones would be him in the pool, which we covered on our coming attractions. Loved it, Mitchell. Yeah. Peace. Which I had to do in reverse, I so I zoomed in on him. I noticed, uh, and then, and then obviously the uh, lingerie leg, oh yeah, up in the That's air while he's like kind of framed by it, yep. kind of trapped in. Um, I think for mine, I'll, I'll I'll grab the one that we talked about earlier, the side by side of uh, Mrs. Robinson's, mm-hmm. like in behind the door when he's talking to Elaine, gonna tell her about the affair and she's had gone through the rain so she's like no makeup which is like the whole movie she's like very done up yeah even in the hotel yeah um and so she's like more vulnerable than she is the whole movie and then it cuts to that from ben staring at her down the hall and you think she's really close up and the camera zooms out and she's like a tiny figure compared to his yeah like silhouette um closer to the camera but it, it just was very um, trippy yeah trippy camera yeah, work. there's a there's there's a lot of that in this movie but um, yeah, I think I like that zoom out mm. because like w- when a camera just so amplifies the feeling yeah like even with a zoom it's like she gets so small so fast and she's so vulnerable in this moment so for the camera to perfectly reflect that, and she she looks like a like a abused animal yeah. in the corner, you know of yeah. a zoo, which there is a zoo later on in the movie, but um, <laughs> zoo stuff is weird. It, I know, but it just and, and it looks like she's been abused by him at this yes. point because he's standing so close. It looks like he's like kept her in a basement yeah. for a year. Yeah. Um. So for a camera movement to um to do all to like so much. To so clearly emphasize that and amplify it is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, you know it's interesting. You talk about the camera move. I was watching, um, I was watching some Scorsese this week, and nice. And and it's even. I mean, it's so evident, but it's also like so refreshing when you see it in one of his movies. That just the mm-hmm. way he moves the camera so confidently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate like, it. No, but it's like. It, it, and it's like very uh, sometimes unnatural and he he plays with the speed uh, of a, of a single shot at different, you know, at different points over, over a take, mm-hmm. um, you know, these, these weird zooming and, you know, he, as he's introducing characters, it, oh, swoosh zooms in on somebody that moves back over here. Um, right, and, and, and it's, it's one of those things and I, I felt that this, I felt it, uh, when I watched the graduate, um, both these directors are are these that, that move the camera very confidently and and the camera becomes this kind of um, uh, source of energy uh, in the filmmaking mm. and and that's I just I, I just don't think it's as
0: common anymore
1: maybe in in filmmaking,
0: yeah. like uh, that's part of why The Graduate stays the test of time or stands the test of time is that it still looks so good yeah like every scene looks so good yes and And I, it was just very, it was interesting
1: to me watching about that. And I, the Scorsese I watched, I watched most of Wolf of Wall Street this week. And, um, Mm. and that's like a newer, it's a recent Scorsese. And it almost feels like his tricks in that movie feel out of place because they're often not in modern movies. Right. Um, you know, you, you kind of associate that stuff with the seventies, eighties, you know, early nineties, goodfellas kind of thing. Um, and but there's just this kinetic energy in, in the graduate and in the Scorsese stuff that I just wish there was more of like, yeah, the thoughtfulness. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, we
0: can play and the confidence. Yeah.
1: It's, it is a confidence. I mean, Nichols and, and Scorsese have so much confidence about how to move a camera, but, um, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, just try something, just try stuff. Right. Know?
0: There's a, Another great nerd writer uh, YouTube video on David Fincher camera movements. Yes. Oh, and how my subtle gosh. they are. Like, people will lean in, and the camera will move just barely. Yeah. Man. Yes. Uh, and apparently actors have talked about, it, like, how difficult it is to shoot with him because the camera nailing that yes. is pretty difficult. Yeah. But, yeah, it definitely feels under-experimented with, especially in these just, like, Netflix movies mm-hmm. or these just like streaming movies where it's just like they're they're starting to feel like lifetime movies are so yeah. cookie cut yes i i agree
1: and 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 that's you know because they're trying to just get content they're not trying to right you know and it's not like every i mean it's like the fincher thing is a good example because that's like a different kind of it right he mm-hmm. he he's not doing the very flashy so stuff that scorsese does or the surrealist stuff that Mike Nichols does in this movie, he is doing this very subtle, um, very intentional, subtle but subtle but constant. Yeah. Oh, and it's everywhere. Um, and I think about like *Nomadland*. Like I think Chloe Zhao, the way she moves the camera it, through and in space is very different than what we're talking about, but I think is key to why that movie works and looks so good. It's this, right. it's a kind of this ethereal presence that is just floating behind Fern, the whole movie, you know, um, right. And constantly, constantly moving. Um, and there's a real, there's yeah. a, there's a real style to it. It's, it's different. And that, that's what I want to see more of. That's, what, you know, um, yeah. I think we saw that in parasite, like, uh, right. right. Knows how to move a camera, um, right? So I, yeah, I'm more of this good, confident yes, filmmaking. Please. It's great. Yeah. All right, you want to do uh, Letterbox? Yeah, go. you go first. Um, yeah, let me pull what it you up. Got? I, so I had, I, it's funny, I had um, rated it on Letterboxd. Um, you know, whenever I got on Letterboxd and was like rating a bunch of movies, um, mm-hmm. and I think like my original. Um, review of it was three and a half stars, which kind of surprised me. That And that was just like based on my memory of what I thought about the movie from ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, just had it rated as three and a half stars. Um, and then then I rated it four stars after I watched it the first time. Then I watched it with the commentary and I bumped it up. I did bump it up to four and a half. Um, I, I don't think it's a perfect movie. Um, yeah. But for a movie that's this old for it to be so still effective in Mm. terms of its filmmaking, its theme in almost every way, how effective it actually is.
0: Um, I was, I was really impressed. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and just quintessential, uh, like kind of milestone movie. Like, I don't feel like there's a lot that capture that transition. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, I gave it I think I went with four stars, I think, because this time I probably would have given it a five the first time I saw it. But this time I'm just feeling like that lack of optimism afterwards. And I felt, yeah, I just felt, uh, I don't know, not as stoked about life (laughs) this time around. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because I think I probably
1: would have given it five stars also the first time I saw it. And then ten years mm-hmm. later, my memory
0: of it was right. I'm going to give it three and a half. Like oh gosh, so we're doing this with that probably. Yeah,
1: and then rewatching it, I was like, oh no, I was too my my memory was too harsh, but yeah. still not as good as I probably thought it was when I was nineteen.
0: Yeah, I yeah, it's a, it's like a aliens thing. I'm like I'm curious mm-hmm. how it'll be another five yeah. years, how this will sit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but it's tough. See, Letterbox is hard for me sometimes because I'm like this movie. I'm watching right now the running scene where he's getting to the church, I'm like, it just looks so much better than most everything. Man, I know, and it's genuinely more entertaining than most everything. Like, yeah, I was kind of bummed at the end of it, but I don't know. What else? What else did I give four stars to that like doesn't even touch this? <laughs> I know. You know
1: that that church, that church building that he found, is so amazing. I know, it's, it's like it feels so it's of its time and. so unique oh my gosh everything about it i just love it and the
0: colors the colors are so great yes um i
1: i'm i'm really one of the things that stuck out to me in in this in this kind of watch of it was the art direction and production design that they they found these places um the use of green yeah yes yeah um the, the 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 way that they found these places as locations and then also the places that they created were just really um, special and it's just so effective in 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 the mood and everything yeah yeah
0: well i think that's that it that's it the graduate the graduate yeah that's good and we congratulate you on your graduating thank you so uh
1: next week we're uh, thinking about what to watch, and um, we kind of landed on uh, something that is popular and is now widely available on uh, streaming service. Uh, There's
0: not a lot of movies out right now.
1: Yes. So that is we are trying. our excuse. Uh, things are going to pick up, especially when summer hits and then the rest of the year. All of these movies have been held for so long and they're going to start trickling out. But uh, we wanted to kind of come to a movie. And I say this, this connects, right? Um, We're coming to the end of the pandemic. You and I are both vaccinated. People are vaccinated. People can start going back to the movies. Finally. And at different points of the pandemic, there was a lot of fear um, and insecurity about movie theaters. Mm And uh, there was a movie that was uh, supposed to reopen movie theaters in America and indeed worldwide, revive them, save the industry. And I don't think that happened. No. And I think it's a shame. I mean, it's a shame because that became the conversation about the movie. The movie I'm talking about is Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Which is now streaming on HBO Max for those who have not seen it yet. Yes, now streaming on HBO Max, uh, starring John David Washington and Robert Pattinson. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. It is a big, huge, big-budget blockbuster popcorn movie. And we'll talk about this next week a little bit, but just by by way of intro, it's a perfect movie to watch this time of year. May is that kind of traditional summer blockbuster uh, kickoff month. Um, But also, you know, Tenet... The conversation about this movie was that it was supposed to save movie theaters and it didn't and then nobody talked about the movie and i think it's i think the movie deserved better i think it's a really good movie and people just kind of wrote it off because of all of the weirdness around christopher nolan wanting to get it in theaters and it the was carrying the world and, on its shoulders yeah just and, and then obviously it's a classic christopher nolan it does have a pretty con- convoluted plot um right and my advice, you've never seen it, right? Mitchell? I have not seen this movie.
0: Um, and I'm wary based off the feedback.
1: Yes, I, I like it a lot. I'm, I've am i watched it twice. So I'm going to watch it a third time. If you are watching Tenet for the first time, just, you know what? Don't worry about the plot so much. Just enjoy <laughs> just it. Just have fun. Just enjoy the spectacle of it. It's on HBO Max. Check out Tenet this week. We'll be back. We're excited about that. In the meantime, where
0: can they check us out, Mitchell? We are on Instagram at Movies While They Sleep. Uh, we are on Twitter at... MWTS Pod. And uh as always, if you could write us a review on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to us. It That's right. helps us get heard. And finally, as always, our theme music is by the incredible Andy Carhall. You can find him on Instagram at C A R R H A L L Carhall. Our theme, yeah. our theme music was the first thing that made this feel real and uh, <laughs> I've loved it ever since so thank and you here dude. we are 14 episodes later 14 episodes so in real. going strong Woo! so uh, but that wraps up The Graduate and we'll see you guys next week for tenants. have a great week <laughs> good night y'all bye